Well, good morning, everyone. Annette, is Grant online this morning? He is online. Good morning, Grant. And good morning to everyone who is online as well, particularly if you're visiting this morning. I don't know which camera I'm looking at, so I'll look at both. Uh, if you're dropped in this morning just to check out New Beginnings, a special welcome to you this morning as well. Uh, my name is Cameron. I'm a member here at New Beginnings Uniting Church, and I also work for the state body of the Uniting Church. But it is great to have you with us. And of course, for those who have joined us in person, it's great to have you as well. Thank you for coming. And I hope you have been enjoying our series so far on rediscovering Advent. And I have the privilege of speaking with you on this final Sunday before Christmas. Christmas, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the day we celebrate our God is with us. And this is our fourth week in the series, Rediscovering Advent. And I hope you've been enjoying it as much as I have, but even if you haven't, at least you've got to learn about 13th century Finnish traditions. Last week, we got a lesson in neuroscience where our, our brains have been biologically developed to survive, not for happiness. That, that last truth is pretty important, right? Like, what's the point of being happy if you're not around to enjoy it? And, uh, but in all seriousness, I've been really enjoying this series, and I just want to remind us about where we've been so far in this series. In the first week, Simon helped us to rediscover hope and he uh, reminded us of what Advent was all about. That Advent is this waiting, this longing, this expectation for a Messiah, for Emmanuel, for God is with us. And this hope that we have is not a blind optimism. It's not a hope that somehow things will get better. Remember at the end of 2020, where we were so thankful that year was over and we're like, bring on 2021, it's going to be so much better. How naive were we? Well, I was naive anyway. I thought 2021 was going to be better than 2020. But that's not what hope is in Jesus. It's not a blind optimism that things will simply get better. Our hope is actually grounded in Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us, this, this Messiah, the ones that the Jews were waiting for, and the one who we can place our trust in. And because we can place our trust in the God Almighty, the one who came to earth, we can have deep hope for our lives, no matter what our circumstances are. And then in week two, Simon led us in rediscovering peace, and he talked about the importance of tradition before he went and said, I'm just going to lay tradition aside here and break with tradition and talk about peace. And he talked about how Christmas was a day of peace, but that peace doesn't necessarily mean an absence of conflict or violence. In fact, when Jesus came into this world, it was full of conflict and full of violence. And yet again, we, we saw that it was Jesus who we find true peace. This baby in a manger is where we find peace. When we tune our hearts to the heart of God, great peace descends upon us. Even in our most difficult situations, we can have peace if we place our trust in Jesus. And then week three, again, Simon led us in rediscovering joy, and he made this distinction between joy and happiness. 
And he said our happiness can be influenced from things outside us, things external to us, our family, our friends, our work situations, our experience, that our happiness can go up and down. But that true joy is eternal, internal to us. It's consistent and it comes from knowing and accepting who Jesus is and knowing and accepting who we are in light of who Jesus is. Once again, our joy is grounded in this baby in a manger. I don't know if you've noticed so far in this series, but right through those three weeks, this theme has emerged that our hope, deep hope, that deep peace, that deep joy can only be found when we discover that God is with us, that God sent his son Jesus into this world as a baby in a manger. The Messiah, the one the Jews have been waiting for. Well, again, this morning, I want to pick up on that very theme. And when we look at rediscovering love, I once again want to focus on the fact that we can only truly understand love when we find Jesus when we understand the love that our God has for us, that deep love that transcends all other love that we might find in this world. So once again, as we turn to God's word this morning, let me uh, lead us in prayer. Our Lord and our God, as we have rediscovered the Advent season this year, I just thank you for this understanding that hope, deep hope, that peace, that deep peace, that joy, that deep joy comes from only when we come to know you. You are the author of hope. You are the author of peace. You are the author of joy. And as we come to your word this morning, Lord God, and we rediscover love in this Advent season, once again, I pray that we might come to understand it's only through you that we can truly be loved, truly be valued. That love is grounded in who you are. That love is grounded in what you have done for us. So as we open your word this morning, open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to what you have to say, that we might leave this place knowing that we've met with you. And then our lives are transformed because of that. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christmas is a crazy time of year, isn't it? Uh, Simon's already mentioned that in this series, how crazy it is. And particularly this year, as we've come out of a lockdown and then headlong, it feels like straight into Christmas. And I don't know about you, but it's one of the busiest times for me in the year. There's an uplift in work as people try to tie loose ends together before we go on holidays. Uh, There's getting together with relatives and friends. There's Christmas parties. There's getting out to the shops and buying presents, presents we don't need, presents that our children don't need, presents that our relatives certainly don't need. And this is all before we get to Christmas Day. And for me, Christmas Day is just as crazy in my family. My kids get up at the crack of dawn even before dawn sometimes and we hear them downstairs and they're opening presents and they're so excited 
and, and even, even before the birds are up, we are up, and then we'll have breakfast together, and then we get to church. And for those who don't know, my wife's a children's minister in, in another church, and so she's on deck. So we get to church early on Christmas morning. The service might be at 9 o'clock, but we're there 8.30, and she's getting ready for a Christmas service. And then, and then we do church together. And then we go home and we go to both sides of our families uh, for, for lunch and for dinner and we eat way too much food. And by the time the afternoon comes around, I'm so desperate for a sleep. But because my wife has been on ministerial duties in the morning on Christmas Day, it's up to me to look after the kids and not only my kids but their cousins, my nieces and nephews. And so I gather the kids together in the afternoon as all the other adults are sleeping off their, their too much eating of food and, and we play hide and seek and, you know, I, I'm desperate to go hide but as the only adult amongst these kids, I send these kids into the backyard and I start to count right and I count one, two, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then I say the most ridiculous statement in the history of the world, ready or not, here I come. And why it's ridiculous for is because there's always that one kid, right, who will scream back, I'm not ready. And you go into the backyard, despite the fact you have just said, I'm coming, whether you're ready or not, do you go into the backyard? Of course you don't. You start counting again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Here I come, ready or not. And you wait and you listen and there's silence. And you go into the backyard and you are greeted by the five worst hiding places in the history of humankind. There is a little girl, my niece, hiding behind a bin, but her legs are sticking out from behind that bin. Two children have taken refuge under the barbecue table. One kid has decided that the swing set is enough coverage to hide in. And you think to yourself, I know you're only a bunch of five-year-olds, but surely, surely you could do better than this. And as you scan the backyard one last time, you notice a sight more pitiful than any other. There is a kid hiding behind what can only be described as a twig in the ground. I mean, this kid is small, right? But compared to the shrub, this kid is a giant. And you think to yourself, for the integrity of the game hide and seek, I cannot ignore this sight anymore. I'm going to have to go and find this kid. And as you're walking up to this kid, as I'm walking up to this kid, I notice something for the first time I hadn't noticed before. This kid has his eyes shut firmly and his fingers in his ears. And you realize that this kid thinks because they can't see you and they can't hear you, that you can't see them somehow and you can't hear them. And you go up to this kid and, and you grab this kid on the shoulder and you say, catch one, 
one, two, three, or whatever it is you say, and the kid giggles and laughs and is dumbfounded. How on earth did you find me in such a hard hiding place to find? And they run off and, and they go do something else. Friends, as funny as that may seem to us, according to John, the world does exactly the same thing with God, particularly at this time of year. We close our eyes, we close our ears, we close our hearts to Jesus. John writes in John chapter 1, verses 10 to 11. He says, he, being Jesus, came into this very world he created, but the world did not recognise him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. It's amazing, isn't it? Here we have the God of the universe, the God of all creation, the one who created you and I, the one who sustains us, comes into this world. And what does John tell us? The world rejected him. They didn't recognise him. They did not receive him. And yet some 2,000 years later, the world continues to ignore Jesus. They continue to ignore the one who comes from heaven comes to earth in order that we may know God. We continue to refuse to recognise him and we continue to refuse to receive him. And particularly at this time of year, I don't know about you, but this time of year I can get so distracted and so crazy with busyness that I can forget to remember the one it is all about. And here's the truly remarkable thing regardless of the fact that we close our eyes, that we close our ears, that we close our hearts to the God of the universe, that we do not receive him, that we do not recognise him, regardless of that fact, God sends his son anyway. John goes on to write in verses 12 to 13, but to all, but to all who believe in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. And here's the key part, but a birth that comes from God. But a birth that comes from God. Regardless of the fact that we close our eyes and we close our ears and we close our hearts to Jesus, God sends him anyway. God sends him anyway. Decision made by God. Friends, that is the essence of the Christmas story right there. We choose to reject Jesus. We choose not to recognise him. We choose not to receive him. And yet God, in his infinite love, sends him anyway and makes the promise all who receive him will experience that love, will be born of God, will know what it is to be loved and to love. See, this is not our decision. 
This wasn't born out of human passion. This wasn't born out of human love. This doesn't rely on us. Instead, this love was born from a decision God takes. In the passage read to us today, we see this, that we didn't first love God, but rather God chooses to love us. God has shown us how much he loved us by sending his son. Thanks. God shown us how much he has loved us by sending his son, his one and only son, into the world that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son, Jesus, as the sacrifice to take away our sins. Emmanuel, God is with us. Friends, this is the essence of the Christmas story that we relive year after year after year. We refuse to recognise. We refuse to receive. We refuse to see Jesus as God with us. And yet God sends his son into this world to seek us, to find us, to bring us back to himself. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and chose to send his son into this world for the forgiveness of our sins. For all who receive him, he gives them the right to be called children of God. Children not born of a husband's decision, not born out of human passion, but born out of God. That is love, friends. Even when we choose to ignore God, even when we choose to not recognise him, even when we choose not to receive him, any, even when we close our eyes and our ears and our hearts to him, he comes anyway to seek us out, to find us, that we might know God, that we might know eternal life. Friends, just like our hope is grounded in this baby Jesus who would become a man and would die for us and would be raised from the dead, so our love is grounded in Jesus, just like our peace is grounded in this baby who, who was born in a manger, who would grow up and who would die for us and would be raised from the dead. So our love is grounded in Jesus, just as our peace, our joy, just as our joy is grounded in Jesus, this baby born in a manger who would grow up and die for us and be raised from the dead so is our love to be grounded in Jesus. We look for love everywhere, but until we discover the love that God has for us, that love that would send his son Jesus into this world to die for us, that we might know him again, 
that we might have eternal life until we understand and recognise that love that Jesus has for us, we'll truly not know what love is. This Advent season, once again, I pray that you might rediscover our God, the King, who was born in a manger. May you come to know the deep hope. May you come to know the deep peace. May you come to know the deep joy. May you come to know the deep love that can only come from understanding Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus has come to this world. May you come to know the deep transformative power that can only come when you know Jesus personally. That you, might, that you come to know the deep transformative power when you understand that God who doesn't stay in heaven but chooses to come to this earth, chooses to seek us out, chooses to sacrifice it all, chooses to die for us, chooses to be raised from the dead, that you and I might be found in him. Amen.